0: There's a spirit at Bryan Health, a passion that says we can make it better, stronger, to raise our kids, to build our future, to move forward together. It's time for Bryan Health Radio. Here's Melanie Cole.
1: Children like to play, run, jump and play sports and their feet are the base of all that support they need as they grow. However, sometimes they're slowed down by some common injuries that might have been able to be prevented. My guest today is Dr. Joshua Vest. He's a podiatrist with Brian Health. Welcome to the show. Dr. Vest, what are some of the most common injuries in the feet and ankle that you see with our kiddos?
0: Um, well, thank you for, for having me. Um, certainly um, injuries to children's feet and and lower extremities is a common thing that we deal with and and treat. Um, I think that uh, there has been a a growing trend uh, in children uh, participating in year-round sports and competitive sports. We've seen a rise in in kids participating in club team sports. And with that, there's certainly been an increase in uh, children's foot pain and and foot injuries um, as well. (laughs) Most of the uh, injuries that children experience to their feet – are are due to minor trauma or or repetitive injury. And those injuries typically tend to fall into one of two categories, either overuse injuries uh, or problems associated with skeletal immaturity in in adolescent patients.
1: So when we start with the base. Let's look at footwear. My goodness, the footwear the children are wanting to wear today is absolutely, some of them have no support. Some of these basketball shoes and things that the kids are wearing, is this contributing to some of the injuries that you're seeing?
0: Well, yeah, it certainly can. I think you're right. I think there has been um, uh, kind of a a tendency and a trend towards some of the more minimalist shoes and, and shoes that Lack the adequate support that uh, a skeletally immature foot needs as a, as a child grows and as they develop. So, uh, certainly, shoes that um, um, are very flat, like a like you like you um, had described, a basketball shoe or or a skate shoe or deck shoe, uh, certainly don't um, give kids the support they need. One of the more common things I'll have uh, patients uh, come to me with is the concern about flat feet in children and children having uh, feet that uh, the arch appears to be flat. I think it's important to realize that flat feet in children can be normal. Uh, Ten to twenty-five percent of kids will have a flexible flat foot with no pain, and we define a, a flexible flat foot as a foot um, that uh, appears to not have an arch when the, when the child is standing, but when the child is sitting, or when the child uh, raises up on their toes, that arch uh, kind of reappears. That can be a normal, uh, a normal appearance of a foot. It's when the uh, when the foot has, is more rigid. When there's pain associated with a flat foot, that's when it's a good idea to see uh, a podiatrist or a specialist to to take a closer look.
1: Dr. Vest, people, again, they're wearing these footwear for maybe not the right activities that they're doing. They wear them for gym class and such. Do you think parents, if they're seeing this flat foot or... If the children are experiencing pain, can run out to Walgreens and get one of the Spankos or Superfeed orthotics and shove those things in there and take care of the problem. What I mean, do you think that orthotics need to be a prescription? Can we try that first line of defense? What do you do when a child has that pain in their foot?
0: Well, that's, that's an excellent question. I think that. Um there are uh, lots of different kinds of orthotics and corrective devices, and it can be a bit overwhelming for a lot of uh, patients and, uh, and their parents when you, when you go to the store and see that entire aisle of foot care um, devices. And so sometimes it's hard to know. Most over-the-counter or pre-made orthotics fall into one of two categories, either accommodative orthotics, which are kind of the squishy gel orthotics, um, or a functional, more rigid orthotics. For most kids, uh, a good supportive athletic or running shoe is adequate. Um, and kids who are having increased pain, typically most of the the pre-made devices or orthotics that you'll see at the drugstore or Walmart are not the kind of um, things that we that, that will be ideal in those children. So again, pain in a child's foot is not normal. Uh, uh, we hear people talk about growing pains and, and and kind of associated sometimes associating that with a child's pain, but Pain in the foot is not normal, and if kids are complaining of pain or, or limping or walking differently, uh, really a thorough examination and potentially an orthotic specific to what the, the injury is. Dr. Vest, what is Seaver's disease? Well, Siever's disease is one of uh, a number of problems we'll see uh, in pediatric patients associated with skeletal immaturity or with uh, developing growth plates. So Seaver's disease, although the term disease can be kind of intimidating, um, is truly just uh, a inflammation and injury associated with the growth plate in the heel bone, the calcaneus. So it's most common in children uh, between the ages of 7, 14. And um, we see it most often in patients who are um, in sports that involve running or jumping. That's very common in children who are playing uh, cleated sports. So sports like soccer and other sports where they wear cleated shoes. It's typically a self-limiting injury, meaning that as that growth plate uh, begins to close, the patient's symptoms will often subside. Uh, In the meantime, the treatment is typically supportive. So uh, that means orthotics uh, or a heel cup in the patient's shoe. Uh, There are some um, stretching exercises and physical therapy that can come to sometimes help with things like Severs disease as well.
1: So then what else do you see with children? Are they twisting ankles and straining their ankles or spraining their ankles? Are you seeing plantar fasciitis? Or what are you seeing in children that parents can hopefully prevent? And then what would you like us to do about it?
0: Well, that's, that's an excellent question as well. I think that um, most commonly in, in children we're seeing uh, overuse injuries associated with either uh, tendinitis or uh, ankle sprains. Plantar fasciitis is typically uh, a more common um, ailment that we'll see in older individuals. It's not quite as common in children, but we will see it on occasion too. So I think the big thing is that, uh, especially with ankle pain and ankle sprains, there tends to be a tendency to under-treat those type of injuries. So when a child experiences an ankle sprain or is complaining of uh, an injury to their ankle, um, there there tends to be a um, tendency to treat the injury. Oftentimes in children, uh, the growth plates in the ankle can be injured as well. This is something that doesn't routinely show up real well on an x-ray and can be missed by uh, someone who doesn't specialize in treating these kind of injuries. The pediatric ankle fractures are the second most common growth plate fracture in children, second only to wrist fractures, and oftentimes they can be missed. So in a children, a child who has pain or, or an ankle sprain, uh, that uh, is their ability to bear weight or they're having pain that's not getting better relatively quickly, further evaluation for those type of injuries by a specialist is is almost always warranted.
1: Dr. Vest, do these kinds of injuries cause trouble later in life? People say, oh, well, if you've ever sprained your ankle, you're going to have arthritis in your ankle when you grow up. Is that true?
0: Well, typically with uh, ankle sprains, when treated correctly, they should not be a long-term and a lifelong injury. Um, There are three primary ligaments that support the ankle. And when when a child experiences an ankle sprain that's bad enough to involve swelling, bruising, uh, these are some of the warning signs that that those ligaments uh, have been injured or possibly even disrupted or torn. When we treat uh, these type of injuries initially and aggressively with immobilization, and removing the child from uh, athletic activities or things that can exacerbate it, their bodies are able to heal uh, those ligaments and able to repair uh, the ankle on their own. It's in cases where we have neglected ankle sprains or these type of injuries that don't receive adequate treatment that we can end up with chronic instability. We can end up with injuries uh, that can be uh, long-term and nagging injuries. So again, I think early intervention on these type of injuries is is the kind of thing that can prevent those lifelong or chronic injuries. And
1: because you're a podiatrist, Dr. Vest, what about children's toenails, getting them to keep them clipped? They get ingrown toenails. They have all, I mean, they have all kinds of problems because of it. What do you tell parents about keeping their children's toenails in check?
0: Well, that's that's an excellent question. I think for most kids, um, uh, toenails and proper care of the toenails doesn't involve anything more than making sure the toenails cut to a reasonable length and that um, the trimming of the toenails is not overly aggressive. Typically, I'll, I'll tell parents and, and patients that uh, the toenail should be kept short, but you should still see the white um, tip, a white line at the tip of the toenail to know that we're not cutting that toenail back too far. Unlike our fingernails, our toenails live in a dark, moist environment, which tends to Harbor a lot of bacteria and fungus, and so uh, sometimes uh, if we're over aggressive. It can it can be a, a situation that's ripe for infection, and kids can get ingrown toenails. Uh, shoes that are too tight in the toe box are also something that can predispose kids to ingrown toenails. I think the important thing is when there are signs of redness, drainage, any signs that may be concerning for infection, it is important to get uh, to get the child and uh, to have that addressed. Some kids, because of the fear of going to the doctor or or, uh, seeing uh, a doctor, will sometimes try and hide some of these symptoms from their their parents, and that's when uh, infection and some more serious problems can occur.
1: So give us your best advice about healthy feet and ankles that parents can do and think about for prevention for their kids.
0: I think the most important thing um, when considering a child's overall foot health and well-being is to... Make sure that uh, the child has properly fitted uh, shoes, uh, that the shoes are not overly worn, uh, and that uh, the child is comfortable uh, in those shoes. With increased activity and kids participating more and more in year-round sports, I also think it's important to watch for uh, early signs of pain and discomfort. Sometimes kids uh, don't always uh, reveal uh, that they're having pain. And I think the important take-home message is that uh, pain in the foot, uh, pain in the ankle with these children is not a normal part of, of growing and a normal part of adolescence. So in children who are experiencing pain, um, they should certainly see a podiatrist or a specialist uh, to get to the root of that uh, cause of pain, because oftentimes it is a simple solution that can lead to them um, ha- not having further problems with their feet.
1: And why should they come to Brian Health Podiatry for their care?
0: Well, I think, it, um, Brian, we're fortunate to have a situation where we have uh, multiple uh, uh, foot specialists and podiatrists on staff um, who have uh, a history of uh, being kind of at the forefront of uh, treatment of foot and ankle injuries. Um, the, the, the quality of care that we have is um, very uh, unique to Brian, and I think it puts us in a situation um, where we're uh, very fortunate to have specialists uh, who can... Prevent uh, injuries to, to to the feet and ankle for children, and uh, certainly uh, help with better outcomes for kids who are experiencing problems.
1: Thank you so much, Doctor Vest. It's great information. You're listening to Brian Health Radio, and for more information, you can go to brianhealth.org. That's brianhealth.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.